Hallelujah. Just remain standing for a minute if you would. If you sat down, I apologize. (laughs) Our great God, our Heavenly Father, we are here in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know there are people in this room and even those who are gathered in front of an electronic device right now, we know that we know that you are with us because you said so. And that's good enough for many of us that truly in our hearts believe that you are with us. So Lord, regardless of my notes, regardless of what I had planned, regardless of what I think that you've laid on my heart, Lord, I pray that you would take total control over what happens over the next however long this is. Lord, be God in this place. Lord, we, we want the tangible presence, your presence, we want it tangibly. We want to know that you are here. So Lord, whether it be the power of your word, whether it be the moving of your Holy Spirit, Father, no emotions, although our emotions may get involved, but Lord, not predicated on our emotions, but Father, just truly predicated on a communion with you, Jesus, by your Spirit. Lord, that is what we long for, your manifest presence this morning. So speak to our hearts, Lord. Open our minds in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So we're still uh, speaking about um, mind, the mind. And um, I will tell you again, as usual, I mean, I've got scriptures and some of them, um, scriptures that we've been in and out of for a number of weeks now. Um, But God be blessed. I I really do believe that there's a, um, there's a, there's a real, there's a real message in the message. <laughs> I mean, God is really ministering, so I hope that you're catching it and you're paying attention and you're following. Amen? Today we're going to begin in one of those scriptures that we've been in and out of for several weeks, months maybe, and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll begin reading, and some will be on the board, some will not. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, Now I, Paul, myself, in pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in, pre- in my presence and lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as, we, as if we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Let me pause here before we put the rest up for you. Remember, remember last week, and I even shared with you uh, where Paul said, when I come, should I come with a rod? Or should I come, you know, in meekness? Should I come because of the way they acted um, toward the things of God because they were walking according to the teachings of other teachers, according to the flesh, and they accused Paul of being, you know, really um, selling wolf tickets when he's not away, I mean, when he's away, but then being a little bit mild when he's there. And so, my brothers and sisters, that's the context in which we're, we're seeing this. And when he's saying, you know, we war uh, with the... We don't war according to the flesh. We war according to the Spirit. Amen? He's talking about Him, His followers, those ministers of God. And then also this speaks to us that we should not also then in our lives contend for the faith in the flesh. Amen? And we know that because we had that series contending for the faith. I I know you know that. But so now look at where it's at in verse 4 again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Again, my brothers and sisters, full context here, as Paul is saying that, he's saying we're, when we make the arguments, we don't, have to, uh, we don't have to fight with our fists. Our argument, it's through the Spirit, and we bring into captivity those thoughts, those other things that people are distracting you with, those other things that, are, that people are dividing the church with, the things that they're saying, the things that they're teaching. Are you with me? But then also, as we know, that that goes, the, 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 the battle that I have, the major battle that Tony has, and I would venture to say, maybe even some of you, the war that I'm fighting sometimes is among me. It's, it's me. It's my own flesh that I need to battle against. I still have some thoughts that I shouldn't think. You know, the, come on. I still am, and remember, we established this, I hope so, last week. Well, I, I, you know, when the Lord, when I became born again, He left me in this flesh. Amen. And so I still have lust of the flesh, and I have to. Those things are the things that God is perfecting me. Those things are the things that God, it, by, by grace, through faith, by His power, by His word, those things are being worked out of me. Amen. Come on, all right. And hopefully you too. Amen. Okay. So I, so so look. So this is the battle that we fight externally when we're fighting the fight for our children, our children's children, when we're teaching in the church or out of the church, when we're witnessing and ministering, we're making these arguments and we're trying to take into captivity those thoughts that are elevating those self above the knowledge of God, the knowledge of man that tries to promote I mean I just I I better not go there. Never mind. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. This I say that uh, say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk or non-believers in the futility of their minds. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not learned so in, or so learned in Christ. Come on. Okay, so now watch. W w let's break it down just a little Okay, you should walk differently now. You should, the way you live your life out should be differently. Amen? Once you've become born again, if you're really born again, it should be evident in the way you live. Okay, Tony, why did you have to say that? We all know that because not everybody's doing it. Okay? But that it should be evident in how you live. Amen? All right, stay with me. I'm, gonna, I'm about to pop here and I don't want to get to the... So let's look at a couple of things. Don't walk as the rest, uh, the rest of the non-believers walk. In the futility of their mind. That word futility, I mean, I'm not trying to impress you with the Greek and all that, but when you do word studies and you go deeper, pointless, useless. In our own language, it means when you see that word futility, pointless, useless. But now, when you do a word study and you study that word, it, it means that, but if you go to the deeper meaning, if you go to the base, what that word, the base of that word, there's actually manipulation. Manipulation. So the mind is being manipulated. Okay, so the futility of their mind, or the mind is, there, there's, there's this pointlessness, these thoughts, these things that are going on in your mind, they're careless, they're thoughtless. They've been manipulated. Are you with me? Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So at first glance, I look at that blindness of their heart, it means, you know, their heart can't, uh, uh, see the, the things of God. Spiritually, their heart is blind. And does it mean that? Sure it does mean that. When, when, you know what? We need eyes to see. We need spiritual eyes to see. Isn't that what Paul needed, by the way? Amen. Right? Paul was a zealot for God. 
Paul absolutely, positively thought he was doing God a favor. He was serving God with all his might when he was killing the church. But in order for him to see the truth, Jesus had to blind him in the natural so that he could, be see, so that he could begin to see in the supernatural. So he could see with spiritual eyes. So does this mean that? Absolutely. But now when you do, again, you do a word study, that word blindness, stupidity, hardness, callousness. See, some of us have hardened our own hearts or we've become hardened. We've let other people, other churches, other Christians, because of the way they, things that they said, how we were treated in a church, we've, we've become hardened. Okay? So it's not just the fact that um, we don't have spiritual eyes. We literally have taken a position, well, you know, this church preached that and some of these people preached this, but they practiced something different and we've, and we've been hurt. Come on. That's a natural thing in our, in our psyche. And so sometimes when we've been hurt by something, we put up walls. We don't want to experience that hurt again. That's natural, isn't it? So this is, this speak, I, I believe in my heart, my brothers and my sisters, this speaks to that. This speaks to that. And I want you to remember those couple of things. What things? Mind and heart. So we're talking about the thoughts of the minds. We're talking about now our minds, but the thoughts of the minds and of the heart. Amen? So now, another familiar scripture. And please, I'm laying the foundation, so bear with me. Another familiar scripture, Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk. What does he mean? Follow my example. Watch how I'm living this out. And the others who are living it out this way. Follow that. Do, do those things. Be influenced by that, right? As you have a pattern... Uh, of uh, have you have us for a pattern for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ so now he's speaking not only of people that are out of the church he's speaking of people that are quote unquote professing Christ in the church but they're walking a different way okay and, and so he's saying I'm even saying weeping that's why we know he's saying weeping too because these are people who profess Christ who maybe at one time were born again and, and now are just walking according again to the stupidity or to according to the hardness, come on, the futility of their own minds, right? Okay, <clears throat> whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven. We, we don't set our mind, we, listen, when it's talking about, we know this, I know you know this, but I, let me, just let me say it. Say whose God is their belly, you know, they're driven by, driven by fleshly lusts, whose glory is their shame. What could that mean, whose glory is their shame? Man, people are now glorifying things that are so abhorrent to the Lord. Yes. So the things that we think are incredible, the, things, the accomplishments that are just deplorable as it relates to morality. Mm. Deplorable as it relates to truly accomplishing those things that, uh, that are according to God's will, but we think that they're major accomplishments according to the earthly standard. As far as God is concerned, trash. Thank you, Steve. Hallelujah. Our 
our citizenship is in heaven. Our, our citizenship is in heaven. What does that mean? Our customs, what guides our life, those things that, um, that we live by are dictated by that kingdom. Not according to where we're living now, but according to that kingdom. But look, it says, brethren, join in following... Thank you for leaving that up. Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. That word follow is it's an interesting word. So I'm going to give you a hand. I'm going to fire a couple more scriptures at you here real quick. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. <clears throat> Notice this, my brothers and sisters. I give it to you, the King James and the New King James. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1 in the New King James, it says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So follow and imitate, they come from the word which we uh, get the word, our English word, mimic. Right? It, it, it's that, that Greek word. But my brothers and sisters, that, it's, it's truly saying that to mimic, to follow my example. That means do what I'm doing. Isn't that right? Follow me. Imitate me. Look at the... Uh, Third, uh, the third letter, the third epistle of John in the 11th verse. <clears throat> Again, in the King James and in the New King James. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Again, in um, the New King James Version. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil. So, beloved, follow not that which is evil. So here's the, the, the reason why I'm breaking this down this way is because in the King James, it comes from that word. It all comes from the same Greek word and for the most part means the same. Most translations will say uh, imitate uh, because of that mimic or that, the, the Greek word. I'm not going to try and pronounce it and let you laugh at me, but that Greek word. However, my, but you're laughing at me anyway. Oh my God, I should have just did it. <laughs> no, but you understand what I'm saying to you. So no matter what... Um, translation that you're looking at, the whole deal is about following this example. Following something. Amen? Can we agree about that? And I think many of you in here either have done that word study yourself, or maybe watching, or at least have read enough to know what that is. Amen? So now, that bothered me a little bit, so I, I, you know, I got online. If you'll remember, I can't remember if I shared this from the pulpit on a Sunday or Wednesday. Um, it probably was a Sunday because I think Luke was here and it might have been last Sunday, where I said something to the effect that there was a survey done regarding uh, our children versus the children in China. The children of China, um, you know, what, when they're asked what they want to do future-wise, they want to be scientists and astronauts, things of that nature. When our children are asked the same question, they want to be Internet influencers. That bugged me. I looked it up. And so I, I do what you do. I mean, I got online. What is an in Internet influencer? What's an influencer? An online influencer. So I'm going to give you real quick, what are social media influencers? Over the last decade, we have seen social media grow rapidly in importance. More than 3.4 billion people actively use social media. That's 45% of the world's population. Can you, can you, can you dig that? Are, are you hearing that? Almost half the people on earth. That blows me away. That blows me away. And you know, they're still trying and, I, and are succeeding. That's this Earthlink or whatever that's called, the Elon Musk thing where they, Mitch, help me out. What is that called? Skylink, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this, 
these things that Elon Musk floats in the air so that everybody can have the internet access and all that, I, I may be getting it all for a little. Starlink, thank you very much. He's, he's throwing that up there and all that so that all around the globe, everyone will have a chance to be influenced by the internet. So over that, that's 45% of the world's population. Inevitably, these people look up to influencers in social media to guide them with their decision making. Hey, can you believe that? Now listen, before we get like this, Oh, man. Come on. Like, that's not happened to you? Come on. And, and some of these friends and some of these people that you follow, you don't get any thoughts or ideas from any of them? This generation is the most self-centered yes. I've ever seen in my whole life. Yes. All about selfies, all about this. Why? And they're sharing online Listen, I'm not trying to insult anybody. Young people, I'm not trying to insult you. That's what you know. That's what the culture is, has basically uh, shown you. And so I'm not trying to be ugly to you or in any way condescend or in any way insult you. But, man, there's a whole world out there that's going by that you're missing. Get outside. Breathe some air. Socialize with people. Not electronically, but we were made for relationships. And I'm going to tell you the relationship that you think you have online is with someone who is fictitious. Amen. You don't truly know them when they are giving you information and showing you pictures. You don't know what, you, maybe you do. It's, there's filters. There's, they're going to see things in the best light and you're going to know what's going on that's good. Or you may, the, the, the pendulum may swing all the way the other way. You may be hearing totally what's bad because someone's in depression and they want somebody to feel sorry for them or they want someone... Come on! I'm not trying to be ugly here. Understand, I'm telling you what is, is actually out there. And, and every, almost every young person I know has a cell phone. And they are being influenced. And not only the young people, the old people, so don't... And they're being influenced. So continuing, influencers in social media are people who have built a reputation for their knowledge and expertise on a specific topic. And it lists expertise, quote, unquote. I'm giving the air quotes here. They make regular posts about the topic on their preferred social media channels and generate large followings of enthusiastic, engaged people who pay close attention to their views. Brands love social media influencers because they can create trends. Did you hear that? Create trends. I said create trends. We want to sell something, so let's get some influence out there, start talking this thing up, and then we'll sell it. Whether it's good, bad, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's get people talking about it. Come on! Hallelujah! You know what I'm talking about. They create trends and encourage their followers to buy products they promote. What are you promoting? What are you promoting? Who are you making famous? What are you making famous? I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'm not making this up, church, and if you think I'm stupid, I don't care what you think. I care what God thinks. 
I was in my office just this week, and a, and a person that I know who happens to be a vendor, but he's also an agronomist like me, and we're sitting down talking, and I know he has a family, and I know he's a believer in God, and we started talking, and for, for you know, how you doing? We're catching up, hadn't sat down in a while, and told him about, you know, uh, my house, I mean, I got to get a roof on the house, I was thinking about selling it, and so on and so forth, and he's talking about his house, his neighborhood, we're talking about how developments are growing, and we're talking about houses. But somehow or another, he was telling me, we got on the, uh, uh, the subject of, of the phones, because he has a young son, and his son, I think, please forgive me if I don't have this just right, but I think he said his son is about 12 years old, he's asking for a phone, he won't give it to him yet. Praise God, man, I give you a lot of credit. He says, it's, he says, it's ridiculous. He says, you remember how you used to get online if you were searching something or you, you, know, you inquired about a couple of things and the next time you open up uh, your opening page, you're, there's all kind of advertisements for that thing. Have anybody experienced that? Absolutely, I've experienced that before. He says, you now, and, and when he said this to me, I thought, you're crazy. For now, he says, now, he says, you don't have to do it. You're carrying that phone. He says, you're on t you're, they're listening. He said, you don't even have to punch on it anymore because they're listening to you. Church, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm, and I'm telling you the absolute truth. Remember what I told you? Our conversation was about houses, and yeah, I thought maybe sell the house, or blah, blah, blah. And he's talking about you know, his mom just got a house, condo and all that. Within a half hour, I had two texts from someone I don't even know, not even a person, just a number, talking to me about selling houses. I never inquired about anybody or to anything. Are they listening to us? Yes. Now, listen, I am not this big conspiracy guy. I just know that I know. We're talking about it. The next thing I know never happened. Within a half hour, I got not one, but two. Oh, you're not like, yeah. That's, listen, that's spooky. I don't care what you... Well, I don't, I don't do anything bad. I don't say anything bad. I don't care. I don't, do any, I don't want anybody in my house unless I let them in my house. But they're in my house. And not only are they in my house, they're, they're watching. They're, they're, they're trying to stay one step ahead of me, one step ahead of you. And not, they have a plan. Well, Tony, that could be helpful if you're really trying to sell your house. Okay, but maybe I'm not really trying to sell my house. Maybe I said something, and maybe they paint a rosy picture. And now all of a sudden, it seems to me like the best thing I could possibly do is sell my house. So I'm looking at this, paying attention to that. You could get this much for your house. What happens if I don't? What happens if I go through these steps and these phases, and it doesn't turn out good? Come on. Are you hearing me? Do they have my best interest at heart? Who has your best interest? Amen. From, from before you were even a twinkle in your daddy's eye, the Lord knew you. And he had his best intention for you. He had a perfect plan and purpose for your life. Amen? I'm not going to trust them. I'm not going to give over my freedom to them. Come on! But see, what happens is, now all of a sudden they start poking and prodding and they, 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 these influencers are saying what we should be paying attention to. Why? It ha remember, it has nothing to do with social justice. It has nothing to do. Now I know that because there's only one just, God. So if they were truly interested in social justice, they would be promoting God. 
Period. That's it. Well, I expected somebody to stand up and say, Hallelujah. I mean, come on. That's it. Or they're going to they're going to tell you what you should be offended by. They're going to tell you, come on, young people, they're going to tell you what it should look like. Young women, they're going to tell you what you should look like. Young men, they're going to tell you what you should be saying. They're going to tell you what you should be doing. They're going to tell you, but none of it has anything to do with what thus saith the Lord. And they're telling you these things because they're promoting either a product or they're trying to steer the culture. They're trying to steer the culture so that they now continue to have control and more and more. <laughs> Come on. And so then they're creating this, and I'm going to cover this. So, so now all of a sudden you see the, the culture going that way. You may have some friends or family, they're going a certain way, and now you're getting pressure from different angles, not just now social media, but now you have friends that you walk with, friends that you're living life with, maybe even some family members that are putting pressure on you, maybe some family members that got it all wrong about race, that got it all wrong, all wrong, but they're pushing issues because that's what they want to do because that's what causes them to have the power and us to be divided. All of those things are true, every one of them. So now all of a sudden, that's what's on your mind. Now you're thinking about those. They're, they're in, in effect, what they're doing is they're putting things on your mind that really had no business being there in the first place. Amen. To sell the product or to get control. Now some of you are looking at me a little skeptically. I'm going to try not to pay attention to you. <laughs> but I don't mean that ugly. So let's go here. In Philippians, and again, we've, we've been in this scripture, but now let's look at it in the light of where we are now. In Philippians chapter 4, did I give you that one, Mitch? In chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Remember what I told you. Watch, pay attention, hearts and minds. Be anxious for nothing. So when they're feeding you these lines, when they're telling you what you should think, how you should think, what you should be thinking about, and how you should be thinking about them, the scripture says something totally different. That word, be anxious. Be anxious about, be careful for, take thought of. God is saying, don't worry about those things. Don't think on those things. Right? But, but what I love, but instead, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding. No human being could really comprehend this peace that will overwhelm you if you let it. But you got to follow the, what do you got to do? Don't think about what they're trying to make you think about. Don't keep dwelling on the negative stuff. Don't keep dwelling on those things that the enemy of your soul and, and, and those people who are living by according to the prince and the power of the air, those influencers, they're trying to get you to follow what they're thinking about. They're trying to get you on their side. So there's, come on, you know, come on. Why? Power, money, Control. 
But God is saying, don't give those things thought. But by everything, with parents' supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. Don't worry about what you... Okay, so now say someone does plant something. You can't help it. It's your child. You care about your child so much. and you can, What are you going to do? Just forget it? No! Pray. But be thankful. Pray. And listen, if you're not thankful, that means you've already given up. That means you're praying and you don't think God can do it anyway. Uh, come on! Pray and be thankful. I'm thankful that I can go to God and I can have confidence in God. I can go to God and I know He's hearing me. But the problem is, Tony is a little impatient. When I go to God, i got to see it now. No, that's the old Tony. That's the old Tony. See that? His time. I was taught that the hard way. I had to be kicked around a little bit by the enemy of my soul and God had to say, listen, my timing is perfect. And then you look back after you've gone through everything you've gone through, after you prayed about it, and you've gone through everything that you've gone through, and it didn't look like it was working. Then all of a sudden, I look back and I say, oh, now I know what you were trying to teach me, God. Am I the only one that this happened to? Come on. Now I know what you were trying to teach me. Should have had a V8. I should have had a... Man... Man, what, how, silly, how silly was I? I, I I've, I've had those, those things, those, those things that I was anxious about. Believe it or not, young people, especially my grandkids, I was young once. I expected somebody to laugh at me, but not her. Because no matter how old I am, you're much older. <laughs> So let me talk to this side. No, but, but seriously, when, when we were younger, I mean, we were anxious about a lot of things, right? We wanted to be accepted by our peers. That caused, those are the things that we were anxious for. And so, but let me just say something to you, my brothers and sisters. When we got older, did that really change much? Maybe a little, but not much. There are things that we're anxious about, but now then, and then once, once we get married, I, I got to you I speak to a young man who just had his first child and I said your life will never be the same and he's probably been told that by a dozen of people but your life will never be the same well, why because now your concern is going to be for that baby period come on now if you're not if your life doesn't change then you're not a man and what I just said was not politically correct I don't care cancel me but you can't cancel the truth. You can, you can, hey man, you can take away the messenger, you could even kill the messenger. That would be a one-way ticket home for me. But you cannot kill the message. You cannot kill the truth. Amen? And the truth. If you, if you don't care about your kids, you're not a real man. Not a man of God. Hallelujah. So your life will never be the same. Why? You have different pressures now. And so now, does that cause us some... And men, all the men in the house, does that cause us some anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. We, I want to provide for my family. I want my kids to have better than I had. Come on. I want to make sure I'm doing it right, especially when I was a young Christian I'm, and now I'm raising babies and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a toddler in the Lord myself initially. And so I'm being raised in the Lord and I'm trying to raise them in the Lord. 
trying to do it right and certainly made some mistakes. Right? Come on. So, man, I've got all of this responsibility and all of this, and it's causing me anxiety. And sometimes you're at work, and that's all you can think about. Right? You go to bed at night, and that's all you can think about. Come on. I've had times where, man, when me and Michelle were younger, I mean, I had times where I, I, I didn't have enough gas in the car to make it to work the next day. Do you think that I slept well that night? Didn't know. Actually, I knew I could get there. I, I just wasn't sure about getting home. And I don't sure I'm going to ask anybody for money. But God was God. Amen. I put on pants. I went out the door. Stuck my hand in my pocket. There was a $5 bill. And that was when gas wasn't $5 a gallon or whatever it was. <laughs> so that $5 bill got me through the rest of the week, baby. Come on. See, I'm, I'm saying be anxious. But see, that's part of, that's part of what happens to us. We get distracted. We're separated. And, come on. And, and we get anxious for these things. And they create... Because the enemy of your soul, the prince, the power of the air, and the people who are not yet saved, the, even some people who call themselves saved, they create these points of anxiety. They plant thoughts in your head that roll over and over and over. And if I don't get this, I'm not going to be happy. If I don't get... Come on! Amen. When I was younger and I was raising my kids, I mean, I had this situation and it was... Your kids are always telling you're the only father that doesn't let people do, you know, let his kids do this. I, I, Mark, I guess Mark must have heard that himself a couple times. Jody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, seriously though, listen, I've heard, I heard it all the time. You're the only father that don't let, his, don't let us do this. All the kids are doing this and all the kids are doing that. Here's what I know. And then that works on me. Then all of a sudden, I know in my heart, this is, I'm doing this, I may, I may, maybe I'm not going about it in just the right way or something. So you start, the thought is planted then. Come on. And so I start to have a little anxiousness about it. Am I worried? No, not anxiousness that way, but anxious is over and over in my head. Am I do and I want to tell you this. Every time I went against my heart, it turned out bad. Every time. Every time I felt the pressure to give in because I didn't want to be the bad guy or I didn't want my kids to be miserable, every time I went against my heart, something bad happened. Why? Because there's this anxiousness. There's this thought that in my mind and it's affecting me. Come on. Is this tracking with anybody besides me today? Come on. I've shared with you guys uh, that time that I switched jobs and... And I'm praying about it, and I'm, I'm trying to do it. Even Michelle was convinced that it was the right thing to do or whatever. For, for, she had her reasons, for various reasons. And according to human logic, it was the right thing to do. It made sense to do this. But in my heart, I felt bad about it. I didn't, feel, I didn't really feel at ease, and I'm not hearing anything from God. Not a thing. And here's the thing. Maybe he was talking, but I wasn't hearing him because I was worried about it so much. Because when I'm asking Him and I'm praying, I'm not praying with a thankful heart. I'm not lined up with Him. I'm just so darn worried and hurry up and give me an answer. Because then I had that other group calling me. I got to give an answer. I got to give an answer. I got to give an answer. And the group that I'm working with, my immediate supervisor is gone. So I'm waiting for them to come back. And so now I've got all of this stuff going on. And the very day that I had to give the answer, I still didn't have any answer from God. It's, oh, it's much more money. The benefits are good. But in my heart, I knew. So what did I do? Instead, Listen, 
instead of with thanksgiving, with prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, let my request be made unto God, I threw a fleece at him. Wrong. God, if, then. No. I don't need to do that. I have Holy Spirit in me. I, I don't need to do that. When I pray, Jesus said, He hears. If anything, you know, me and my wife join hands. If anything, go to the elders of the church. If anything, if you know, get grab hands with somebody. Say, God, I need an answer. And if God doesn't give me a clear yes, then maybe it's just wait, and maybe the answer at this moment has to be no to them. Come on. And I want to tell you that was some of the hardest. And even though that I, agronomically and management-wise, ultimately getting the result. It was good. Politically, I failed. Absolutely failed politically. And I was miserable. Amen? She's shaking her head in the back. Yeah. I was miserable. But why? Because listen, watch. I was anxious about this thing and I really didn't give it to God or I gave it to God, but I'm so still anxious about it. I'm still being influenced by all of the thoughts and, 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 and these things that are entering in. And, well, if I go there and this happens, then, then what? If I go there, yeah, the money is so much better. Oh, the benefits are so much better. All those things are rolling in my mind. Come on. These things affect us every day, don't they? In one form or another. Especially if you have a family. Especially if you own a business. Come on. Let, let me go here in Luke chapter 12. I'm not sure if I gave this to the guys or not. In Luke chapter 12, beginning verse 29. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have any anxious mind. Oh, praise the Lord, I did. Or nor, nor have an anxious mind. Do you see that? What is that? Okay, now let's go back. Remember all of the foundation, right? Don't let these thoughts distract you. Don't. Don't, don't keep thinking about these things over and over and over in your mind. And don't, come on, don't meditate on these bad things. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows what you, that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. See, that, see God made it so simple for me. For a guy like me, who's not the most intelligent guy, not the sharpest knife in the draw, so to speak. But listen, he, he narrowed it down. Here's the scope. Don't worry about all these things, Tony. Seek ye first. Seek first my kingdom. Concern yourself with the kingdom of God. That other stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, but Tony, I, I know it's hard to say, but I've got to make a decision now. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek God. Be anxious for nothing. Amen? Do not fear, little fly. See, this is what we need to know. This is why I included this. Read this. This is our Father in heaven. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah, but I want this right now. So you're going to really have all of that anxiety. You're going to miss out on the peace that passes understanding because you want something now when it's your Father in Heaven's desire. Not only does He desire to do it, He is fully capable and able to do it. And it's His desire to give you the kingdom. He doesn't want to hold anything back from you. 
But you mean to tell me you're going to get stuck in the mud because you want to impress this group of people? Or you're going to get stuck in the mud because so-and-so said this about you? Or you're going to get stuck in the mud because you know there's this opportunity that if you don't get it now, you're never going to get it? You're going to get stuck in the mud because this didn't go your way? You didn't have this? The kids are acting a fool? You're going to get stuck in the mud for that? When it's so, so let me ask you something. If you're having a problem with anything, is God concerned about it? Yes. Yes. Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. Right? Either that's true or it's not. And I happen to believe that it's true. Harder to do, come on, than it is to say, I understand that. I want to get better at that. That's why we're meeting today. Isn't it? Isn't that part of why we're here today? So that we can hear from God and then do it? Isn't that part of the reason why we're here today? So that we can hear a word from God. Listen, no matter where you are in your life, come on, young, no matter where you are in your life, this is totally applicable. No matter where you are, isn't that why we're here? So that we can hear from God. And God is saying to us, it's my desire to give you the kingdom. It's my desire to bless you. It's my desire to give you a peace that passes all understanding so that you can, listen, so that you can sit in this life and not be anxious, not be worried all the time, to have a little bit of joy. Come on! It's my desire to do that. And listen, not only is he willing, but again, he's totally able and capable of doing it. we got to do our part. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Come on. And the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds. You won't have to worry about being anxious for anything because now you're concentrating on God. You're thankful to God. No more anxiety. No more thinking these thoughts over and over and over and laying up in the bed at night trying to go to sleep and say, man, how many darn sheep can I count? I mean, I, I, I ran out of toes and fingers. Come on. Are, are, are you there? Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags that do not grow old. A treasure in heavens that don't fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's the key. There's the key. See? We haven't given our heart up. We haven't. See, this is, we could talk about now the young, rich, young ruler who went to Jesus. What must I do to have everlasting? Good teacher. Good teacher. What must I do to have everlasting life? Follow the commandments. You know, yeah, all, I've done all of them. Okay, sell what you have. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Huh, look, let me say it in our terms. Sell everything you have. Give everything up. Don't worry about what's going on in this world. Sell everything you have. Take care of people who are less fortunate than you. And then let me influence you. Follow me. Let me be your influencer. Isn't that the language that we're studying today? Did I take a big leap? <laughs> That's what he's saying. So now when you come to the scripture and Jesus is saying, listen, it's your father. Your father wants to give you the kingdom. Don't fear about any of these things. Don't be anxious for anything. Your father wants to give you everything. He wants to give you the kingdom. Obviously, there's things on this earth that you still count as being so important. Whether it be relationships, I don't have to go through them, you know what that means. 
whether it be having certain attachments with certain people. And, and you know what? I, I've said this to you before, but please hear me again. It's so hard for many of us in this room who love our families so very much, who really love our families. Those of us who have been true men of God and fathers who have taken care of our families and, and we take care, we love our wives, like, like our, do our best to love our wives like Christ loves the church and all of those things that we're trying to do, all of those things that we do each and every day, taking our responsibilities as men and women of God seriously. So it's hard not to when your family is not, things aren't going well in your house. I'm telling you, I've lived this. It's hard not to worry about it. It's hard not to keep thinking about those things. It's hard if you have a physical ailment. You know, and, and then you're reminded every once in a while you get pain. or every, you know, you got to be reminded to take a certain medication at a certain time. It's hard not to be reminded of these things. Come on. Man, when I got up out of bed this morning, I was reminded about my back. I, re I was reminded about I worked too long yesterday. Do, do you understand? But to dwell on it, to be anxious about it, right, Addie? Is, is, it's not good to be anxious about it, to continue to dwell on it, to continue to think about it. It's not good. So, you know, what are we treasuring down here? What are we holding so much, even our family? And that's why I started to say when Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to leave them. Wow. Could I do that? Could I do that? You see? So it could be difficult. It's, no one said it would be easy. But what about if it's not your family? What about if it truly is a certain lifestyle that you aspire to, a certain thing that you want to happen? You know, maybe it's not, maybe, and maybe it's not even wrong. When I say wrong, let me use air quotes. Maybe you just want the American dream. Maybe you just want the, you know, the house, the two kids, the two cars, the dog, and all that. Maybe, you know, with the white picket fence. Maybe that's your dream. That's, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But when that becomes more important to you than following Jesus, that's a problem. That's what Jesus is saying when he says that you should hate your family and love me. He doesn't mean literally hate your family. It's, it's an idiom. Right? So all of these things that even seemingly are good to us, boy, it got quiet in here. Did I just mellow everybody out? Listen, uh, let, me, let me just... dear. Let me, let me finish this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Remember your mind and your heart. So you're thinking about something, the enemy of your soul, the influencers now in our day and age, the social influencers, they're listening, they're trying to do these things. The news, the media, movies. You can't watch a movie or a television show without them putting something in there that's trying to influence the way you think about certain things. You, I don't care. It is. Period. That's the way it is. But my brothers and sisters, look. Where you're heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So those things that you highly value, what do you value more than Jesus? If there's anything on that, you can say nothing. I don't value anything. Okay, th then what's keeping you from following Him with your whole heart? Think about that for one moment. What's keeping you from following Him with your whole heart? And what's causing you anxiety? What do you keep dwelling on that's causing you pain on the inside, emotional pain? 
Come on. I, I, I'm going to give you another example. I, and this is so silly. I, I just, but we just we're influenced so much by the here and now, aren't we? I, I, I remember when I was a kid. I was real young, and uh, so I'm not going to get all the details right because I want to tell you this was like 50 something years ago that this happened. <laughs> Pray for me, Marcus. <laughs> this was 50 something years ago. I remember, I think it was around supper time or something, I was riding the bike, put it away, or, or I was told to put it away. And I, I can't remember why, it was, we were getting ready to have supper, dad was ready to come home, or dad was already home. I don't know why, but I was told to put the bike away. If supper wasn't ready. Now, I just remember that we lived in a two-story house, and there was a, a family on the lower floor. We lived on the upper floor. And uh, Sal Saluccio, he was the young man. He was a little older than me. He came home. I think they went to private school or something, right? They went to private. He came home. He got on his bike, but I was told not to get on my bike. Maybe because they didn't want me to drive down a road or something, so I'd be late for supper or whatever. I can't just remember the details. But now Sal is on his bicycle. So now I'm thinking, in my heart, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but in my head, you know, I start thinking, you know, this is, what can I, I mean, right? It's, it's my thought, and, and I'm being influenced now by what I see. So now I'm thinking, and so now I start to reason in my mind because I'm thinking now about this thing that's been presented to me. You know, he's riding his bicycle. Uh, she hasn't called you up for supper yet. You know, by the way, you ever, hear, ever see that Prince Spaghetti commercial? That old Prince, Anthony, where the, the Italian mother, she's yelling out the window, Anthony, anybody remember that one? Am I the only one? Anthony, you ever notice that when she's yelling, it's light. When the kid comes home, it's dark. How the heck far was he? <laughs> Boy, that Italian mother's voice was carrying. Hey, same thing. Anthony, so if I'm not in yelling distance, right? So now Sal is riding his bicycle, and then these thoughts are going through my head, and now I start to think about it and think about it, and so now I start to justify. So guess what Anthony did? Anthony got on his bicycle. And the chain popped off or something. I, I don't remember exactly what happened. The chain popped off and I gashed my knee. And man, it was bad. And I just remember this. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> I don't know if he just came home or if he heard me screaming or whatever the case may be or somebody called him. He comes over there and he's ticked. Ticked. My dad wasn't mad at me. My dad was mad because I got hurt. He didn't cry when he became emotional. My mother cried, but he got mad. He wanted to fix it or he wanted to hurt whoever hurt me. You understand me? Is that tracking with? That's the way your Heavenly Father feels about you. That's the way God loves you. He doesn't want you to get hurt. He wants to give you what you need. He wants to bless you. He doesn't want you to be anxious for anything. But just know, listen, just know that He loves you. Just follow Him. Listen. Let Him guard your hearts and minds. Let Him do it. Amen? Stand with me, please. i got to be honest. That ministers to me. It just absolutely ministers to me. And so I hope um, that God has spoken to us to more than one somebody's heart in this room, no matter how old you are. And if you're a young person and you don't get it, keep meditating on it. If your heart is after God, God will bless you. 
there'll be some more meat that comes from this message. Amen? Amen? But just do what you know to do. Just do what you already know. God, I love you. But more importantly, I know that you love us. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. All of us, we love, we love our, our family, our church family. We love people. We, love, we have attachments, emotional, sentimental. We have attachments. But Lord, no matter how much we think that we love somebody, we, don't, we never died for them. But you did. So Lord, in this moment, we lift up those people who you've put in our atmosphere who we love. Father, we lift them up to you and ask that you would bless them. Lord, that you would put laborers in their paths. Lord, that they would hear your word and they would be changed on the inside, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your work in them. Do your work in them. Lord, again, we love them, but not more than you do. And Lord, help us as we lift up these cares to you that we realize more now than ever before that you care for us. And that, Lord, this isn't just, just a good saying to, to help us along, but that it's absolute truth that you got us. Be anxious for nothing. Don't continue to meditate on it. But Lord, help us. We're weak. When we're experiencing these lows, when we're experiencing these things and our mind is just totally bombarded Lord, help us by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us to remember this word. And help us, Lord, to be thankful, even in the middle of these negative thoughts, even in the middle of this anxiety and this anxiousness. These, Father, help us to remember your word. Help us, Holy Spirit. Bring back to our remembrance the word of God. And let it, Father, let that be the thing that we meditate on in our hearts and in our minds, Lord that we truly can experience your peace. Lord, I know that you don't lie. So when you, when you say to me these things, I know that you're going to do it. So Lord, help me to do my part. I need your strength. I need your help. Help me to do my part so that I can receive those things that you have for me. And Lord, help me to be patient even when I don't see it happen exactly when or how I think it should happen. Help me to have the mind of Christ that I know what really should happen and be thankful for it. Father, I pray all of these things on my behalf. But Lord, also on the behalf of these people who are now listening. And many of these people will say yes and amen. And many even by watching or listening, they'll say yes and amen. But Lord, help us when we walk away from this moment to truly carry this with us. Holy Spirit, please manifest this. Make this real in us. Jesus, you said your words are spirit and they are life. So we expect, Lord... In Jesus' name, that this word that we've heard, that you've given us, will be part of our life. It would be we would be able to meditate it on by, by your spirit, and it would become part of our life. Lord, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Please don't leave here. If you want prayer, if you have any questions or anything that you think that the elders can help you with, please don't leave.